research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and this is The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power. Joining me as always is co-host Eric Eggers. He's an author and vice president here at the Government Accountability Institute. Well, Eric, it's everywhere. <laughs> Pollen? <laughs> close See, I, I just want to let people know when we talked about this Schweitzer like thinks he's going to set me up and I, my honest to goodness first reaction was to say pollen because it's springtime in Tallahassee Florida where we live pollen is everywhere and Schweitzer's like yeah you could say pollen and then he had a couple of other options and I was like I'm, <laughs> I'm going to so, go safe and so, go with yeah, pollen yeah so everybody thinks he's oh this like nice family friendly Schweitzer guy just <laughs> Just letting, it, just letting everybody know. That's a little behind the scenes. Well, it's not pollen. It's not any of those other things. It's the Hunter Biden story. And after years of us being out in the wilderness, uh, literally for years, for more than four years, you're seeing it covered everywhere. The New York Times, CBS News, The Washington Post, even Morning Joe. And we'll send you a clip to insert here. So corporate media is playing catch up, but what are they missing? We're going to discuss that today and dissect it on the drill down. So what's your sense, Eric, of why there's this mad rush by the establishment media to su- suddenly cover us? And what kind of mistakes are they already making? Well, I think it's an excellent question. And first, I have a, a question for you. Uh, well, no, I think, and this is actually unlike your setups for conversational prompts for me, <laughs> this will be an affirming <laughs> thing to enhance your brand. Okay. But, but, but I think... Um, you anybody that listens to this podcast and listen to the one that we did a couple weeks ago when you said no i think the fact that new york times broke it, you know the seal and became right. the first quote unquote mainstream or corporate media outlet to cover and validate the hunter biden laptop story and then all the other things that that means right. you're the one that said you think it's because you think actual legitimate criminal charges are heading hunter biden's way because right. once you validate that that is the laptop then the things on it are authenticated and those things are meaningful and have consequences. So my question for you, though, uh, is how does it? How do you feel seeing all these other media entities you just mentioned? You just sent me a Yahoo News article uh, with Michael Isakoff, who is a former NBC D- Defense Department guy. I mean, so and he's basically writing and reporting things in real time that you literally wrote in a book four years ago. Yeah. So I guess how does it? How do you feel seeing people like pick up a thing like, wow, look at this news, and you've been talking about it for literally almost half a decade. So I feel like I'm in seventh grade. Yeah. So in seventh grade, uh, my family we took an overseas trip. I was going from elementary school to junior high school, and so I came to school six weeks late after school had started, and all the cliques had already formed. So I showed up and. It wasn't until one of the popular kids sort of deemed me to be acceptable Mm. that I was accepted in the community. It's kind of similar to that. It's astonishing to me that the material's all out there. They're 
treating it like it's new, right. like it hasn't been discussed before. And it, it, it took one of the popular kids in middle school, meaning the New York Times, to actually say this is a legitimate story. And everybody says, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Um, I think it's important. I think it's, it's key for the country, this issue of corruption that we hammer on about so much. It's vital for there actually to be justice to be done. And I don't know what that's going to look like with Hunter Biden, whether he's going to go to jail, whether there are going to be implications for Joe Biden. I think there should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very, very exciting. But my concern is with this mad rush that the Washington Post and all these have to sort of rush in and fill the gap right. and to pretend like they were on this story to begin with, they're going to make a lot of mistakes and they're overlooking a lot of things because they're they're either covering for the Bidens or they're not familiar enough with the material to know what's really important. here. Well, and just so people know, the reason why the Government Accountability Institute President Peter Schweitzer uh, was founded was because the stuff that we report on, it's complicated. I mean, yes. it's, a, it's a lot of moving pieces. It's a lot of these weird kind of arcane uh, financial transactions. I mean, we were even, your most recent book is number one for many, many weeks on New York Times. Five Press. weeks, five and we, weeks. And we were talking with a TV producer <laughs> and we're like, because they're like, hey, yeah, we're thinking about making this series. And the TV, the, the head of this network is like, yeah, it's kind of it's a lot of business deals, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's too complicated. Watergate <laughs> was like a burglary and a bunch of business deals. It's really complicated. It's too complicated for the head of a network to sort of really wrap his mind around. And so we have to kind of, I mean, that's one of the things that we do. But the point is, is that what we have served to do, to your point about they're going to overlook a lot of these things. Yeah. There's a lot of specific details that really matter. And you're in the rush, these mainstream media outlets that are four years late to this game will probably overlook the key details. And that's the point of today's podcast is to remind people, here's the big picture themes that you need to keep in mind to put everything that everyone's now reporting on into the appropriate context. Exactly. So that brings us to number one. Yep. Uh, and the question here is, I don't think so much that the mainstream media is not aware of this. I think they're just sort of covering it up. And number one is, it's remarkable how the Bidens have consistently and repeatedly lied for years about this. Now, we're going to play an audio clip here with some examples. We could do an entire podcast of 25 minutes uh, showing the audio and laying out. But here are just a couple of examples from Joe Biden lying repeatedly about uh, the business dealings involving the family. So we'll start with in August of 2019, he's at a campaign event in South Carolina, and he's asked about his relationship with his son. Mr. Vice President, there's been questions about conflicts of interest with him as well as your brother. Uh, Can you describe what sort of mechanisms you're going to put in place to avoid conflicts of interest, whether you knew uh, your brother who's been accused of, let's say, uh, uh, trying to use your campaign to further his business interests? you knew anything about that? First uh, of all, I I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and, and the government. There wasn't any hint of scandal at all when we were there, and I'll impose the same kind of strict, strict rules. That's why I never talk with my my son or my uh, my brother or anyone else, uh, even distant family, about their business interests, period. Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. And so how do you let's, know? Let's talk, you look, know? Here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. He is violating every basic norm of a president. You should be asking him the question, why is he on the phone with a foreign leader trying to intimidate a foreign leader, if that's what happened. That appears what happened. You should be looking at Trump. 
Trump's doing this because he knows I'll beat him like a drum. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the uh, presidency to try to do something to smear me. Everybody looked at this and everybody's looked at it and said there's nothing there. Ask the right questions. Now, that's just a couple of clips. We could uh, show so many more from the uh, presidential debates, um, from being asked by the media, whether it's Ukraine deals or China deals. And repeatedly, what Joe Biden has said is he said, first of all, that his son didn't make any money from the China deals, which was patently false. New York Times would later report that he's making an upwards of, uh, you know, an equity stake worth millions of dollars. That, that's exactly right. And, and we know from the laptop now that there's some $31 million deals that they got. Then he would switch gears and say that, okay, maybe he took money, but I had no knowledge of those deals or I never discussed business with him. Well, that's what's the most laughable thing about the, uh, his claim that he never discussed with his son or his brother any business dealings because literally the China deal happened, as you've reported, when they were on Air Force Two. I mean, they took yeah. the same airplane to China right. before Hunter Biden started that partnership what's what is that like a 12-hour flight it's not like a short one <laughs> right you know so he's sitting there with his son and his son's like yeah dad what are you going to do in china his dad says what are you going to do in china and hunter's never <laughs> going to bring up the fact that he's joining this private equity firm funded by right. the chinese government and of course we know in the laptops there are numerous examples of joe biden meeting with his business partners from barisa and and uh from china as well so you know just repeated lie after lie after lie so my question is is what is that what does that mean? Is this just a politician lying or what, what, what does it mean when somebody repeatedly lies? They just talk about hot pot, what they're going to eat when they get over there. Right. If somebody lies, then I think generally speaking, it says that they're trying to hide something. Yeah. Yeah. Because the truth is, is not going to be acceptable to people. So you have to lie about it. And that is something that is being overlooked now when the suddenly the media discovers, alas, this amazing news story. They pretend it's new. They're overlooking not only the history reporting that we've done and that the New York Post and others have done, but they're overlooking the fact that Joe Biden has consistently lied. He's shifted the goalposts because he does not want to confront the fact that his family was making this money and doing these deals. Right. That's a big deal. So the first thing the media and all the new reporting is overlooking is the fact that Joe Biden has consistently misrepresented his level of knowledge and awareness and or what he thinks the stakes are of Hunter, B Hunter Biden and his family's business dealings. I like misrepresented. I think lying is more accurate. But, okay. So we'll, we'll go with misrepresented. So that brings us to number two. What else is being uh, overlooked? And that is who they were actually doing deals with. Now, they were not doing deals with Barclays Bank in right. London <laughs> or with Mitsubishi in Tokyo. There's lots of reputable international <laughs> businesses that if you wanted to do business, like, you know, businesses exist outside the realm of the United States. Correct. Lots of good ones out there to do business with. Millions of Americans do reputable business yeah. deals with reputable foreign partners every single day. Uh, when it comes to the Bidens and particularly Hunter Biden, but also James and brother Frank, you can really put them in a couple of categories. Uh, they're either crooks <laughs> or they're spies. And that's not a joke. And that is not a joke. And in fact, to, to illustrate that point, we are beginning a new game show here at uh, GAI on this podcast. And that game is called Crook or Spy. <laughs> 
Our first contestant on Crook or Spy is a mild-mannered Floridian from Tallahassee, Florida, Eric Eggers. Eric, thanks so much for being our first contestant on Crook or Spy. This is so fun. The Price is Right was just in town, and so now it's like I missed that one, but I'm glad I get to play a new game. I'm glad you're not going to ask what the prizes are because we don't have any, but uh, I will say the public good. That's the prize here. Now, what's going to happen in this game is I'm going to give you a name, and you need to guess. This, this person, by the way, will have been a Hunter Biden business partner. You need to guess. Was that person a spy or a crook? Okay. You absolutely. understand how I, the game works? I do. All right. First name, Alan Ho. Ooh. See, the ethnic ones are tough because I feel like if I guess the wrong They're thing, all ethnic ones. These oh, are all overseas deals. Then I'm so. going to be canceled no matter what. Uh, Alan Ho, I'm going to go crook. Incorrect. Uh, he was actually a spy. So Alan Ho uh, worked for a, and we're going to talk about this later in the podcast, a nuclear company that Hunter Biden's firm invested in. And Alan Ho was charged by the FBI and convicted of stealing (laughs) nuclear secrets in the United States. So that is number one, Alan Ho, spy. And we're laughing only because- It's so absurd. It's so absurd. But this is a guy whose company, China General Nuclear, was a a company that Hunter Biden did business with. They were an anchor investor. Hunter Biden's firm was an anchor investor in China General Nuclear. And the company and Alan Ho were both charged by the FBI within a year of Hunter investing were charged with spying on behalf of the Chinese government to steal our nuclear secrets. And the really fun part about that is even the Obama Justice Department said that Alan Ho, quote, conspired with others to knowingly act as an agent of China. That's correct. Got correct. So uh, number one, Alan Ho is definitely a spy. Another Hunter Biden business partner, I'm going to throw a curveball at you, is Patrick Ho. What, are we only dealing the H's on this? <laughs> Can we flip a page? Uh, and no, they're not related. Patrick Ho. Patrick yeah. Ho. Okay, so the last one, I'm going to say uh, Crook. Uh, well, you're, you're partly right. Right. Because he was actually both. Oh. He's both a spy and a crook. And a crook. Uh, Hunter Biden business partner, Patrick Ho, uh, he was charged by the FBI and convicted of bribery in the United States. So he is actually in jail on criminal charges. But this is the gentleman, as you may recall, that Hunter Biden on his laptop laptop also called the effing spy chief of China. Now, Patrick Ho wasn't the spy chief of China, but he was involved in intelligence operations. So business partner number two for Hunter Biden, Patrick Ho, the answer is both. He was a spy and a crook. And a client of Hunter Biden's, correct? Correct. He paid him a million dollars. It's unclear for what. It was a million dollars where Hunter Biden was supposed to represent Patrick Ho to help him get off of these charges of, of, of uh, bribery. His legal troubles. But there's no evidence Hunter Biden played any role in his defense whatsoever. He doesn't show up in the court documents and the negotiations, any of it. Which so, raises the question of what was he paying him a million dollars for? Th- that question comes up a lot with Hunter <laughs> Biden. What was he being paid for? Third name, we're staying on the ethnic theme. We're staying in China. We could go all the way around the world. Uh, Yi Jiaming. Uh, crook or spy? I'll say crook. He was a spy. I'm, I'm terrible sorry. at this game. I'm he so was bad. also possibly a crook. Possibly. So this is another one of Hunter Biden's business par- partners. Uh, he transferred millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. He was a spy. He worked for a Chinese energy company called CEFC. Before that, he headed an organization that was run by Chinese military intelligence. So that tells you where the spy link comes from. But he's also possibly a crook because he's disappeared in China. Oh, no. No no one can find him. (laughs) Another reputable Hunter Biden business partner. 
And so that brings to the conclusion the first episode of Spy or Crook. You know what it brings to mind? I mean, I think the, the fact is that Hunter Biden has done business with all these disreputable or questionable characters. I mean, I think that sort of speaks for itself, but it is very reminiscent of a lot of the research and things and reporting we did on the Clinton Foundation, the people that were paying for speeches for Bill right. Clinton, that you had all these third world warlord types that were uh, essentially trying to launder their own reputation right. by associating with Bill Clinton. It does sort of seem like it's a similar business model with Hunter, correct? Absolutely. And the question is, why are they not doing deals mm. with reputable businessmen. And I think the answer is the Bidens. Yeah, the Bidens. And I think the part of the answer is, is because the reputable ones didn't want to do deals with them because reputable business partners want you to actually bring some skill, hello, or some capital or something to the equation. In the case of the Bidens, it's all about influence peddling. That's why you end up dealing with corrupt uh, business leaders from corrupt business climates. Legitimate business people like Lloyd's of London or whatever, they have their own lobbyists, they have their own access. They don't need to go in the Biden door, so to speak. That's right. Yeah. So so we've talked about two. Do you remember what they are? The two things that have been uh, overlooked. Is the, the, the way in which the Bidens have, uh, you know, th- their story continues to change. You right. want to say the Bidens have lied about how Joe Biden has lied about his awareness of Hunter Biden and his Biden family's business connections. And the second thing that the media is overlooking and people will not realize is just how questionable and shady the business associates of Hunter Biden have been. That's correct. That's correct. Very good. Thank You're you. paying attention. I'm, I'm glad an to hear active that. listener. You are an active listener and participant. We appreciate that. The third I'm a thing- terrible contestant. <laughs> we don't even have a consolation oh prize. Uh, so the third thing that's being overlooked is how these business activities actually helped China in their competition with the United States. And I think this is really important because this is not just a story about a family member making money. Those of us who are old enough remember Billy Carter, you know, who had Billy Beer. This was uh, Jimmy Carter's brother. And he ended up taking some money from the Libyans because he was trying to get some airplane deal brokered. And I mean, that's bad. I'm not, but we're not talking about just politicians and their families making money. This is not a victimless crime because Hunter Biden was involved in business activities and involved with businesses that were actually enhancing the military and strategic capabilities of China, which is trying to surpass us. And all three questions or all three main points kind of go together, right? Like, why would Joe Biden have been misrepresenting his level of awareness and knowledge of what Hunter Biden was doing and who he was doing it with? Right. Well, who he was doing it with, a bunch of questionable, shady characters. Why would shady characters want to deal with Hunter Biden? Because they're trying to do some shady things. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so the first example here is one we touched on earlier when you incorrectly answered the quiz question uh, about Alan Ho. And this involves a CGN, China General Nuclear. It's also known as China General Nuclear Power Corporation. We're going to call it CGN. But this is a state-owned nuclear company that was involved in the development of nuclear reactors. And in December of 2014, when Joe Biden is vice president of the United States. Hunter Biden is now on the board of this Chinese investment firm called BHR. BHR becomes a, quote, anchor investor in this Chinese state-owned entity. Why is that a problem? Uh, Well, you've got the son of the vice president actively investing in a state-owned company by our largest geopolitical rivals. 
But what CGN was attempting to do was essentially kind of access and leverage U.S. technology that would have enhanced theirs at our expense. That's right. And so you had uh, CGN executives, Ching Ning Gui, who Just uh, nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> don't ask. Don't ask me to repeat it. <laughs> I'm going to call him Ching Ning. That's that I'm going with that. Uh, he was being paid by the Chinese government to steal sensitive information on American nuclear technology. The FBI caught him and uh, started pressing him and he started talking and led the FBI to a series of other officials involved with CGN that were stealing nuclear secrets. One of them was Alan Ho, who we discussed earlier. Interesting where an Alan Ho actually lived. Right. You think Alan Ho is a Chinese engineer, nuclear spy happened. And this, we're not saying anything about this, but he did happen to live literally like five miles away from Joe Biden. It's, in Delaware. It's a- <laughs> To me, that's insane. If you think about, you've got this massive country, and when you think of nuclear engineering, you think of you know the Tennessee Valley Authority, right. you think of California, you think of Texas, you don't think of Wilmington, Delaware. We're not saying they're connected, but it is kind of a bizarre factoid. But yes, Alan Ho was one of those executives that was fingered by the FBI. He lived just five minutes from Joe Biden's house in Delaware, um, and the FBI charged that under the direction of CGN, he had been stealing nuclear secrets since 1997. Mm-hmm. He was interested in these small nuclear reactors. Why does that matter? Well, these are dual-use nuclear reactors because they're small. You can use them to generate power. You can also put them on submarines and on aircraft carriers and develop the Chinese Navy, which in fact is what's taking place. And when you combine that with the other companies that CGN went into and began to uh, acquire, right? Two American companies called Hennigus and yep. Avic, which also had dual use technology with could have furthered, enhanced China's military capability. Then it's like, okay, uh, is there a larger pattern emerging here? That's exactly right. So so we've got Hunter Biden's investment firm buying a stake in CGN. We also have Hunter Biden's investment firm buying 50% of Hennigus, which is this Michigan technology company. The other half of the company is bought by the Aviation Corporation of China, AVIC, which has a long history of stealing technology and applying it to uh, uh, Beijing's military. Uh, they're stealth fighter. Um, I forget what they call it. They've got a weird name, the Crouching Tiger or whatever they call it. Uh, their stealth fighter technology was stolen uh, from the United States. It was stolen by AVIC. Oh. So these are the kinds of, of companies that Hunter Biden's firm was investing in. And the problem is, is that Hennigus, this Michigan company that they buy, develops anti-vibration technologies, which are considered dual use because they have military application. In fact, you cannot export them without the approval of the federal government. They're so concerned about it. So again, why is it that this investment firm that Hunter Biden, Chinese investment firm, where Hunter Biden sits on the board, he has an ownership stake, why are they buying all these you know, military intelligence-linked companies? It's a serious question. And I think demonstrates the fact that this is not just about a politician getting rich. This is, this has serious national security implications. And to your point, the reporting that's being done now by everybody that's sort of rushing to play catch up, they're not making these points. They're, no, they're it's, not. It's become, I think, what you said, which is, hey, the son of the vice president or now the son of the president's been making money in these other areas. And that's why it's bad. Exactly. This is not just a Hunter Biden story. It's a 
Biden family story. It's a Joe Biden story and it's a national security story. And right now it's the story, but, but so don't fall for the, is it tax evasion? Right. Is it money laundering? Right. Your suggestion is it's much, much worse. Absolutely. I think it's all of those things. Uh, and we could go on and on. I'll just mention a couple of other deals that they were involved in. Uh, there are mining deals in Africa, Hunter's investment firm, Chinese investment firm helped Beijing acquire mines in Africa that produce critical minerals uh, that help in their competition with the United States. Uh, these are minerals like molybdenum that have direct military application. Uh, Hunter Biden's firm also invested in security and intelligence linked companies like Face Plus Plus, which is the company that develops the facial recognition software that they use to identify Uyghurs from a crowd. Which, if you if you can think of something that's more Orwellian than scary, than a artificial intelligence that can look at faces and say, "Okay, you're the ethnic minority we don't like and trust, so we can go pick you out of the crowd now." Um, that's another example of the kind of intelligence-linked uh, firms that that Hunter Biden is connected. But what what do you think is the biggest security threat here? I mean, you've got these deals, you've got Hunter making this money. What do you think is the biggest national security concern as it relates to all of this? It's a good question. I'm, um, I think you just wrote a book about China, right? Right. And, and, it, and if based on everything else, I think the good news is four years from now, people will be really concerned about China, <laughs> the threat that they, that they pose to the United States right. national security. Right. Uh, but I think it's the common link between the deals that Hunter Biden's doing with China. I mean, that wasn't necessarily the major theme of Secret Empires, which is the 2018 book. Uh, It was more personal enrichment. But it's like, hey, personal enrichment at the expense of U.S. national sovereignty. But when you combine that reporting with the larger picture that you tell in your most recent number one New York Times bestseller, Red Handed, then I think it's like, oh my gosh, like the China strategy of elite capture has clearly worked. And I think too many people are making too much money to do anything about it. And I think it will take them actually realizing that there is real national security implications or ramifications. But I don't know what that looks like because you literally have aspects of the United States military saying, hey, this is a problem. We don't want this. Right. You have the Obama Justice Department say, no, that guy's a spy. You shouldn't right. do business with him. And everybody's right. like, that's ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so like the people whose job it is to see something and say something are saying something, right. but no one's doing anything about it. Yeah, no one's other do- than cashing a check. Well, that, that's right. And I mean, look, if you if you look at the history of this, it's clear that Joe Biden has worked to cover for his son. He's lied about uh, his relationship with his son, his son's deals overseas, the fact that his son even made money from those deals. He's repeatedly lied. And that, you know, makes sense in a way because they're close. Hunter and Joe Biden are close. The biggest concern for me on the national security side is exactly this, that that what you laid out, which is the fact that the Bidens may very well be compromised. Yeah. Because the question is, if you're looking at this from Beijing's perspective, they're throwing millions of dollars. We've calculated based on the on the uh, laptop some thirty one million dollars. They're throwing thirty one million dollars at the Biden family and Hunter Biden. And let's be honest, what is Hunter actually giving them in return from a business standpoint? Uh, Yale, Yale graduate lawyer. Right. right. But I mean, do you think he's like, he's the one that said, Hey, I've been looking into this company CGN and we ought to buy in. Or do we think he's really saying I went and visited these mines in Africa and I think they'd be good investment. He's not doing any of that. Well, the emails on his laptop absolutely confirmed that he's not. That's right. He's not doing anything. So they have plowed this money into the Biden family. What he's doing is saying, Hey, make sure these business people know that our access to the white house is a big deal here. Right. Exactly. And so the question is, is what is China getting 
in return. They don't, the, you know, Chinese intelligence, the Chinese government, they don't run a charity. Mm. Um, they don't say, oh, there's some wayward politicians. Let's give them money. They expect something in return. And that to me is the real flashing red light here, which is the fact that the Bidens are compromised. They've taken this money. Beijing has leverage over them. We know that Joe Biden has, has lied repeatedly about his son's involvement in these deals, how much money he's made, which indicates that Joe is vulnerable. He's trying to protect his son. And, and, and if he's protecting his son, that means Beijing has leverage over him. And that to me is the biggest security concern we have that he is not going to be able to make the right decisions for our country with regards to China and foreign policy, because he's fearful that Beijing may get angry if he does something uh, that they won't like. Does it also potentially send a really troubling signal to the rest of the world that, hey, you, you do business with these people's family members, and this is a way to sort of buy a certain level of policy? Yeah, exactly. I think it does. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Eric, where um, corruption has become globalized. Yeah. Um, and you you look at these over if you're in Kazakhstan uh, or you're in Ukraine or you're in Russia or China and there's something in the United States that you want or don't want the United States to do. It's very easy to hire people in Washington, to hire family members of politicians to get those favors done. And the Bidens, I think, are exhibit A. And what China has done there should be a warning sign that we are vulnerable to this on a massive scale. And, the, you know, the United States has a law, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, that prohibits American business people from doing exactly the type of things that foreign right. businesses do with Americans. Right, exactly. So you can, there are certain things American businesses cannot do overseas right. because the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, but those very things can be done in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and you wonder, could this have something to do with the fact that politicians wrote this bill, right? They didn't want it to apply to their family members. At any rate, it's exciting to me that the mainstream media is starting to cover these things. They are late, uh, and I think they they need to uh, own up to the fact that why they're late. But I think it's very encouraging. This is good news, it's, right? It's excellent news. It's excellent yeah. news because it shows regardless of whatever partisan persuasion uh, might be implicated in a corruption scandal, eventually, if the story's big enough and the allegations serious enough, then even mainstream media outlets will report on it, even if it's, you know, four years late. Yeah. So we're going to end on a grounds of optimism, uh, believing that this is a good sign and it's good for the country. And I wholeheartedly believe that. But it just shows you how ahead of the game people that read your books and listen to this podcast will be, right? You want to know, know what the New York Times is going to write about four years from now? Listen to next week's episode. That's right. We write current events and then everybody else covers it as history. That's <laughs> we're so far ahead. So we appreciate you joining us up on The Drill Down. As always, you can find the podcast anywhere. Please also visit our website, thedrilldown.com. Uh, and we appreciate you listening. Thanks so much.